Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here without my partner, the King of Timonium, Mr. Gary Quill. GQ, with his basketball season underway, is going to be a little tougher time for the next couple of weeks, but he should be back on soon with us, maybe over the holiday weekend, Thanksgiving next week, even he can make an appearance. But fear not, in our long list of rotating guests, we have a really good one today. If you're from Long Island, New York, you know this man, definitely. His name is Steve Matthews. He writes for Newsday. Uh, I touched upon it when we sat down earlier and speak. But he did something that was really incredible for a public handicapper. He actually had a positive ROI on his top selections uh, in, in the newspaper. He's the guy who does the picks in the newspaper for Newsday for the last 25, 30 years. Uh, he, he picks prices we touch on, and he really understands the betting side of it, which is why I like him. So many public handicappers are worried about their win percentage, and they just want to win races. But he's looking for prices and a very, very astute handicapper. And I really enjoyed my time talking to him. He's got a great personality too. So without further ado, uh, Steve sat down with me a little earlier today. We went over the late pick five uh, at Aqueduct on Saturday, November 20th. So here's me with Steve from earlier. Hope you enjoy. Hey, hey Steve, welcome back to Better Betting. Hey, Eric, it's a pleasure to be back. Uh, been a few months now, right? When did we do the show last, you, uh, me, and Gary? Was that before the Preakness, I think, or something? I don't know. Um, I think it might have been after the Preakness, but it was like kind of early midsummer, maybe right, July around right. there. So, yeah, it's yeah. been about five months. I really appreciate you coming back. Gary's been uh, a little busy. Yeah. He just started, I don't know if I told you, but he, uh, he's coaching uh, okay. high school basketball. Ironically, because I used to coach and I stopped and now he started coaching right right so he's well, just very good. busy the first couple of weeks but he'll he'll be back with us soon uh, right. no, Gary's a great guy i had a good time uh, with you guys when we did it you know it's funny i've been living in florida now with covid i'm not gonna move back to new york at some point but i kind of like lose, you lose sense of time down here in florida because <laughs> there's no change you know what i mean like when i'm in new york i know it's november because the leaves <laughs> and the days have gotten significantly shorter down here everything stays green I, the weather it's not as hot but just don't have the sense of like the months. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> well, I know you told me last time and I forgot. Where, where in Florida are you? I'm in Boca Raton, right. which is about half hour from Gulfstream Park. Half, half right. hour north uh, of Gulfstream. It's on oh, the nice. east coast of Florida. Uh, about 20 minutes from Fort Lauderdale, north of Fort Lauderdale, about 40 minutes north of Miami, let's say. Yeah, I have a friend who lives uh, actually not far from you. Uh, I went down right before COVID. I couldn't go because of COVID this past year or whatever, but I'm, I'm going to head down in February, so maybe I'll hit you up. We'll go to Gulfstream. Uh, yeah. I think, I want to say he lives in Jupiter. Would that be about 45 miles okay, north? Jupiter would be, no, right, about 45, that's right, about 45 miles north of me. That's exactly. Okay. I think it's Jupiter. It might be a little south of there, but yeah, he, he's about 45 minutes to an hour north of Gulfstream, so it's probably a okay, little Okay, so yeah, me. so you're on, you, know, you take 95, and believe mm -hmm. me, you Seventy. If you're doing ninety, they're blowing you. They they go around you like you're standing still. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. So I'll be down there in uh, February. I've only been to Gulfstream once, but I, I really enjoy my time. Do you do you go to Gulfstream a lot? Oh, I go all the time. In fact, I was just there recently. I don't know if you've seen. They've added they added a, an artificial surface there now because they're not racing on the grass. I guess they're saving it for the the premier meet. You know, and yeah. 
really like it. It's kind of, <laughs> I've never been a big artificial surface fan guy, you know, it tends to favor closes, as you probably know, it plays kind of like grass. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's very tight turned where they built it. I don't know if they're going to keep it for when, when the, the actual, you know, the big meat starts. Uh, but so I went there, when I go there a couple of weeks ago, I mean, it's just like being there and getting out. And uh, it's kind of a weird place, Gulfstream, as you know. I mean, is, is it really a racetrack or is it a shopping mall? Or is it, you know? <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I sat um, in, I guess it's like a little restaurant slash bar right at the paddock where it kind of okay, like exactly tunnel through the right. track. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we were overlooking the paddock. We had a, I had yeah. a great time there. We just walked in to yeah. watch the race, walked yeah. right back to our seats and yeah. got to see the paddock. So I, I really enjoyed it. No, that's uh, a good a spot. And I believe me, the place is beautiful. The palm trees, the, the setting is gorgeous. Uh, it's just something to get, to get used to different, like, especially like me, I'm a, a guy, a hard, hardcore player who grew up in the caverns of aqueduct, you know, in <laughs> February, <laughs> you know, it's a whole different kind of feel. So, uh, I guess I'm, I was ready to get a little, uh, to get a little class, I guess, so to speak. There you go. And your white shoes. Now you got white shoes. You got to fit in over there. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not much of a white <laughs> shoe guy, but uh, someday. <laughs> uh, on, a, on a separate note, uh, if people follow me on Twitter, they might've seen already, or if they follow you on Twitter, uh, but Steve did a remarkable thing that very few public handicappers have done or can do. He finished the Belmont Fall Meet with a positive ROI in his top selection. So if you bet $2 to win on every one of Steve's selections, you actually made money. That's an impossible feat. Even if you're doing it like the day of, it's very difficult. When you have to do it a couple days in advance, I guess, what do you put in your picks? Like two or three days in advance to the paper? About three days. Let me think. Okay, so today is Thursday. They'll be drawing for Sunday today. So I'll right. be this is that. Then I guess... Three days, right? Yeah, three, and then you hand them in the uh, next day, maybe two, whatever yeah, I'll it is. Be, I'll be handicapping Sunday stuff later. Those were, I guess, around four. So, yeah, about three days in advance. But thank you for acknowledging that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I had a good Belmont meet uh, for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, here we are five days at the Aqueduct, and I'm really not happy. For what, you know, nothing's changed with my handicapping, but <laughs> I'm not doing nearly as well, you know? It takes a couple of big to get things rolling. You know, I, I, had a, I had a couple of $40 winners at Belmont. Uh, didn't pick, you know, I'm, I'm always a low percentage guy. I was barely over 20%, which typically I am, but my average price per winner was over $10, you know, and uh, that helps. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing that I, I love about you and, and your picks. You kind of get it. You're looking for value and prices. Right. And it's hard. That's what I was saying. When you're doing it three days out or two days out, you don't really know what the odds are. You can guess what the odds are going to be, but you don't really know. So, but, but you're typically picking horses at prices. Right. So your win percentage is not going to be as good as many other public handicappers, but you're actually going to make more money than them uh, on the best yeah, of those picks. Yeah. So that's something that you do yeah. that's great. And our national audience doesn't really know perhaps you that well, but the people Probably on Long not. Island, especially and Newsday readers, you well, definitely know you. Right now. Now. I think I have a little more of a, you know, reach out to a few more people. The guy might have some followers out of town. It's, but yeah, it's funny. If you look at the numbers of other public handicappers in New York, these guys can outperform winners by like, they'll have like 40 more winners than me, but I'll have like $200 more than them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember in, in the paper, they used to, I don't know, I guess Newsday did it too. You, you would obviously know, but I know like the Post, the Daily News, they used to have a box with like four handicappers. Yeah, it was the called Newsday, the consensus. That's right. It was called the consensus box. Right, and you guys did that too at Newsday? I don't remember. Yes, we did. Yes, in fact, that's, would have... how I start, that's how I started. I just, I didn't write the, the full 
analysis. That was originally done by John Preachy, if you remember. Okay. Before mm -hmm. time. Sure, yeah, yeah, no, I know. And then, uh, you know, it's been a few different people, a guy named Mark Schwartz. And then I picked it up around 19, I don't know the exact, I think it was like 1998, I might have started doing it full time. But mm -hmm. I was in that consensus box going back to about 1986. And they had me just, do, and I started getting a reputation as a guy who picked price horses. So I started getting a following and eventually I got the main gig. Well, John Preachy actually took a took a buyout and he, hmm. he left. And then the other guy got himself into a little trouble. <laughs> and, and then the job fell into my lap. You know, like it's anything in life, luck and time. Yep. <laughs> and and those, those boxes, like they used to have the records of everyone and yes. their percentage, but it, yep. it usually had like, how much money, I don't know if it used the word ROI, but it would have like how much money, so like how 70 much money selections, yeah, 11 right, winners, right. whatever percent, yep. and then yep. $64, like if you bet $2 right. on each order. That's so, right. That's exactly uh, how they did so it. That's right. I can imagine your, if you were like that back then, your percent was probably a little lower than them, but your money yes, was always. probably more, yeah. you know, I know yeah, you don't yeah, want to say that about your cohort. always had the most money and the lowest amount of winners. Right. And, and most people that understand the game realize it's about price, and they'd rather have a $25 winner than two $3 winners, you know, or three $3 winners. Or whatever you know yep no absolutely my my win percentage is probably amongst the lows <laughs> almost all our listeners are probably a higher win percentage than me but it's about winning money like gq is, uh, my partner is. he he teases me he's like i can't afford to lose like three thousand dollars and then win five thousand i just can't wait that long i'm like well, well that's that, well, that's how it is gotta, you know he gary has a point with that and it's true you yeah. gotta to endure those losing streaks emotionally and financially you know uh, emotionally sometimes maybe harder than financially because yep. you start to like, you, know, you start doubting yourself. You know, it's it's tough on the confidence. It's like a 300 hitter all of a sudden is in a slump. And, you know, what do they start doing? They start making changes to their swing now, you know? And you, and you can't change your game when you go into your slump. Because if you do that, now here come your $40 winners you should have been picking and you're going on, you're going on like chalk, you know? So it's, a, it's, as you know, it's a very tough and demanding game. But, you know. That's what makes it. That's what makes it so much fun. Or challenge, you know. It's makes it so frustrating. They like to say fun, but what they're really saying is frustrating. You know? Oh, absolutely. We were talking before we came on. You know, even yesterday, I just had a, a tough beat. I'm like, oh, because I made a, a bad decision, cost myself a couple thousand bucks. So, it happens all the time. But um, we love it. We keep coming back to it. We so, yeah. With that having been said, why don't we uh, jump into some handicapping? We are looking at the late pick five sequence from Aqueduct on Saturday, November 20th, and it begins with race six, an $80,000 optional claimer, second level allowance, six furlongs on the dirt. We have a seven horse field and the favorite in this race has had several chances. In fact, he's 0 for five at this level. He's run well in almost all of those starts, except for one. His company that he's kept has been very good. If you look at Aloha West, Oh, Liam, New Bomb even is a horse I like a lot. These are good horses. Most of these are better than what he's running against now. Is that why he's been losing or is he just not a horse that's going to get to the wire first? What are your thoughts, Steve, on cost basis, the six to five, yeah. uh, two, number okay. two? Okay, well, I'm, gonna, I'm taking a shot against him. He's my second pick in the paper. So I'm definitely going to try to beat him. It's Chad Brown. It's a deaf guarantee. Like I write in my analysis, guaranteed on delay, you know, uh, Certainly on his A game, he could win, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you we'll get to my top pick and then we'll talk about cost basis next. My top pick is going to be the three drafted, and, you know, four to one morning. That's pretty solid. What is it? Like you said, seven horse field, I believe. Okay. Yes. I'll take four to one in a seven horse field. Uh, 
Now, this um, seven-year-old seven year gelding, I don't know how to introduce him. You know? <laughs> He's, uh, his last race, he was in the grade three bowl ruler uh, handicap, which is interesting. So I guess going in for 80,000 optional claimants today is a bit of a class drop. Now, what really intrigued me about number three drafted are his late pace figures. Uh, he's got very fast late pace figures when he delivers his best efforts. Uh, he makes his third race of what you, I guess you could call a new form cycle because he'd been away since May. Uh, and then he came back October 1st, ran again on October 31st, and now is the third start, which is typically believed to be the, the peak effort, so to speak. Uh, and I think we're going to get that peak effort on Saturday. Uh, naturally, he's going to need some pace set up to help him because he, he's a bit of a, it's not a, a come from the clouds type, but he kind of will be far back. Maybe he can sit in the stalker's seat. And the other thing that I really like about him is I love, slight cutbacks and sprints it tends to intensify a horse's late kick now he's cutting back from seven furlongs the distance of the ball rule last time to six furlongs today he's already got i know a, a, a solid late kick when he gives you gives you his big effort i think it's going to be intensified if i can get four to one i'm going to play him i'm going to try to beat cost basis i mean you know cost basis is going to be a short price once again um, right now he's six to five on the morning line. I am making him my set my second pick. He, look, it's hard to deny the, the positives on this horse. Uh, fast figures, you know, fi fast final numbers, positional speed. Chad Brown fired a five furlong bullet workout on the thirteenth of November. I mean, how do you really knock a horse like this? It's kind of hard. I guess the way to knock him is he's going to be overbet, and he tends to not really deliver when you need him. So we're going to try to beat him, number two, cost basis. Uh, I'll give you a third, take a, take, if you want to go a little deep in this race and take a shot at him, take a look at another horse. It's going to be the number five, Mr. Phil. Uh, Jimmy Ryerson's doing pretty well. He had, he had a winner today earlier on the card at Aqueduct. He had a fairly decent Belmont meet as well. He's fresh. I like the way he's working. And he's got some back pace numbers, internal numbers, that say that say he could make the leap potentially could play out as the speed of the speed with an aggressive ride by Jose Ortiz, who is an aggressive rider. He's a solid price. He's six to one on the morning line. So uh, race six, good place to start this pick five. I'm going to make number three drafted the top pick. Got to use number two course basis uh, just on the fact on his best numbers. He is the fastest horse in the race and definitely give a long look to number five, Mr. Phil. Well, you're in trouble because I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, That's fine. Okay. Yeah. I thought drafted might be a little higher price, but maybe I'm wrong. Dropping in class, no, maybe you four to right. one. No, you actually might I, be right. I, I thought the right. seven would. I'm sorry. I thought the seven spun and one might take a little more money than the three, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong just because he has a pretty high buyer speed figure. But mm -hmm. um, I know he's stepping up in class, but I was kind of disappointed to see the morning line because David's usually pretty good with it. But uh, yeah, no, I don't have to repeat what you said about uh, drafted. I'll just add two back in that first start off a layoff at this yeah. level against many of these horses. Yeah. Uh, he, he did have significant trouble. It does say lack room, uh, but he really lost a lot of momentum and got stuck. So um, I, I would really uh, upgrade that effort. And I actually single new bomb that day. He was about eight to one or something. I'm, I'm a big yeah. new bomb fan. New bomb was coming out of a race against like Jackie's warrior and some monsters. I and remember. Yeah. I think I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah he was yeah. about eight to one. I singled him. I was a lot. It's funny. I was refing soccer and I bet because it must have been a carryover or something because I wouldn't have bet otherwise uh, on a weekday. And it was a Friday. And um, I went to rough my soccer game. I was alive after like the first leg or two. 
And mm-hmm. um, I come back and I said, I'm not going to look at the results of the last race. I'm going to look at, I think it was race nine, second to last race. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I, yeah. I watched the race, the replay without looking. I'm like, oh, I got it. I'm like, okay, I was yeah. alive with like four or five orders. And I lost the last leg, of course. But oh, um, geez. Yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. But no, I, I'm, um, I'm a fan of Newbaum and him and cost basis were in the front that day. And Newbaum just outfinished cost basis. But um, drafted as a horse who had trouble that day. Last race, wonder where Craig is, just kind of got a lead to himself and walked around the track. So it was going to be hard to close. Right. So right. Um, you, you basically mentioned about drafted. I won't say any more, but that's definitely the horse that I would want the most in here. But the pace is going to be the deciding factor. If Mr. Mm-hmm. Phil and cost basis kind of go at it, then I really like drafted. If they don't, and either the two cost basis or five, Mr. Phil get the lead to themselves, both of them are probably going to be hard, uh, hard to catch. And the only other horse that I would, um, mention well i mentioned spun in one a little bit he's coming yeah. off a pretty big speed figure where he ran pretty well he got a about a one length slow start last time mm. uh finished strong it is a step up in class he was nine to two in that race coming off of like a 64 buyer on the dirt a 47 yeah, on the yeah yeah he must not have run against the greatest horses so that's one reason why i'm a little more against him but i can definitely see him doing something here what uh, we'll move on but the t loves a fight a horse i've always a hard knocking horse i'm sure you're familiar with him do you get many shot here? I know you didn't mention them, or you kind I'm sorry, of. Uh, which, which, I, so which horse? Man, I one. T, T loves a fight. The one horse. Oh, and, T loves a fight. I, I love that horse. Yeah. Everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, first of all, I love the fact he's cutting back to six furlongs. I think that's going to definitely play to his game. I think the mile sixteenth was definitely not his distance last time. Yeah. Plus, he caught wide that day. Um, he used to have some late kick when he would deliver his best efforts. I don't know if his best days are behind him. He may not even need his best effort to win. Yeah. Uh, he used to earn some really fast late pace figures. They've kind of like fallen off the page of what I'm looking at. But I remember because, uh, he, yeah, he used to have some uh, powerful late kick. I wouldn't be so quick to just throw him out. You're absolutely right. He would be a horse. You know, if you're going to go a little deep to start things off, put him put him into the mix. Yeah. Yeah, if you're trying to be cost basis, I would I would add two yeah. loves and five personally. I and I guess I the, the opinion would be if cost basis, the two and the five, Mr. Phil, go at it. We both agree drafted is probably the best closer here, but Absolutely. two loves yeah, a fight would be the, right. Yeah, know. just behind him and have a decent yeah. shot too. Right. If it's and again, and you just touched on something that's that makes the game so hard is you don't know the pace. Mm-hmm. Even if you're trying to match it up, it almost never works out the way you think it's gonna. You know, yep. somebody get left, one of the speeds could just, you know, play out as the speed of the speed. And, uh, you know, you're not getting the setup you need. I mean, so much, and you see this obviously because you watch a lot of replays, races are won by pace scenarios more than than won by anything else set up and the way horses fall into trips, you know? Uh, So again, that's an unknown. And, and, and that, and being, you know, that being said, that's why I always demand decent prices on my horses because the pace scenario is such an unknown. You know, and, and because of that, you're playing a game where, where there's a lot of imponderables. You better demand decent prices. So that's nope. just, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's great advice. Great advice. Totally agree with you. Uh, in fact, when I watch the replays, that's basically more than anything. I'm not looking for trouble as much as mm-hmm. the pace. Yeah, the perfect trip, right? speed duel. What's that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Who got it? Like who? Who benefited from a perfect trip, so to speak? Right, right, exactly. Like who was in a pace duel, and it, you know, and, and they couldn't keep up, and it, it really upgraded them next time. Or who? What right. horse closed and had a great scenario to close because right. it was a duel up front right. that you might not be able to see on paper because the time right. might not look that fast, but it was a speed yeah. duel, and um, yeah. you know, those are the horses I'm looking to play against. But anyway, Come all right. On. So we'll move yeah. on. I guess to race seven. There's a maiden special weight seven furlongs on the dirt. Uh, while race six is a race I'm not going to play vertically, this is a race I'm actually going to play vertically, and I'll talk about that when I 
speak about who okay. I'm going to key around. Yeah. So I'm curious if you're uh, if you're going to be on the same horse. So who do you uh, like in okay. race seven and why? All right, race seven. First of all, obviously, we, what do we have? Five first-time starters. Uh, I don't know if there are any main track onlys. Oh, I'm sorry, no, this is the main. Oh, this is the turf. Right? Yeah, no, it's three. It's yeah, two-year-old seven front. Okay. Oh no, four. You're right. Four first-time starters. One's on the AE list, so it might be five. One's on the AE list. Okay, right. so there's going to be unknowns here, obviously. Um, the horse I ended up on is the number eight. Dad's good runner. I don't know. <laughs> Where he falls into your mix. Me, me too. By the way, <laughs> that's the I'm horse. Sorry, I'm two, you, you, oh same boy. Horse? Yep. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. All okay, right. so yeah, I'll try. I'll try to leave. You know, I don't want to take away your thunder with. That's all right. You're gonna say about him, but you, you probably know, make a better me, case. I like, the, I like the fact. First of all, let's start with the pace last race. Obviously, he was extremely fast. Uh, uh, he chased. He had no. He was in no position to win. I love that Michelle Nevin is putting blinkers on this horse for first first time. I think that'll only intensify his speed. Kendrick, there's like too many, you know, there's too many good things here. Kendrick Carmusha board, one of the best front end riders at the track. Uh, hope he just dumps out to the lead and just improves his position from there. You know, <laughs> at, uh, ten to one on the morning line. You think we're going to get that, Eric? I don't know. You know, we'll you know what? You might because you might. the speed figure came back fairly low compared. I mean, if you look. The two has a higher speed figure. The three, the, basically every horse that ran except for the seven maybe has a higher speed figure. So I think you will get those odds. That's true because the money yeah. tend, tends to go along the, the line of the speed figures because the sheet players tend to you know dictate the, the final odds. So uh, yeah, we might get a good price on this. He has something when I call you know interesting like in pay, in pace parlance, he has something called what's known as a plunge line, P L U N G E, and what that means is. When a horse runs a pace figure that's much that's 30 points or greater or somewhere, it's an approximation, better than his final number. So you want that sharp drop off. Now, on my numbers, number eight, dad's good runner, ran a 110 pace figure, but ran a 74 final number. Okay. So that's what 36 points of a drop off. And 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 what that what I've seen with that in my research over time is when horses run that way. They come back and give big efforts next time because they didn't totally expend all their energy late in the race. They gave you a big burst early. Now, with that race under their belt, they're usually tighter. I love the addition of the blinkers as well. So this is a pretty solid pace pattern, shall we say, kind of selection. That's number eight. That's good run. Uh, yeah, and, and Michelle Nevin is not really known for first-time starters, so um, even she has great too. numbers with second-time starters, but her horses are horses that are probably going to get better with races, so there's no reason wow. right. uh, for her for that horse not to improve a lot, and all the points you made are similar to what I was going to say, so, you know, no, definitely. it's funny, you're right, because I'm looking at her numbers now, because I'm using the Brisnet, and they got mm-hmm. second-year race, she's 17%. And oh, well, okay. And I like to see that. See, when I look at those numbers, I want to see that that number exceeds their overall. She's like over 13%. At, well, I guess it, that's for the meet right now. But for 2021, she's 17% trainer as well. So it's about, it's, it's, it's kind of in line with what she does generally, which is a good sign. Uh, yeah, I think the horse is going to definitely improve, uh, said, hopefully improve enough to win. Uh, I'll give you two more picks here. And I don't want to cut you off until you get to your picks. This way you got something to work on. Uh, with with what I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to go to the number three next. I guess it's a pretty logical one. Matt Doyle, um, 
you know, second is the favorite last time. It wasn't a bad effort. Uh, these are the kind of horses you just don't know the direction they're going to go next time out. Uh, it's funny, tra trainer Chad Summers does very well when adding blinkers. His blinker, first time blinkers number is 28%. That's off 18 starters. So it's a significant, you know, solid enough amount of starters to draw a judgment. I think uh, number three, Matt Doyle, could continue to improve. Could be a little bouncy, a little bit of a big effort last time, but it has to be used uh, on a pick five ticket. And lastly, I ended up on one of the first-time starters. I don't know. I was kind of just like dabbling around here. I ended up on one of the big price first-time starters, the number 12 main event. Uh, kind of like his workout tab. I, I think there's a little, little sneakiness going on. I see some, some five-for-long workouts that were pretty fast. Uh, Trainer George Weaver is certainly yeah, – capable first time out. Uh, the dam has got three winners from four starters. I like to see that as well. And tw 21 morning line. So we throw him in. So uh, race seven, give top three, the top one's going to be the number eight. Dad's good runner. Second selection will be number seven, Matt Doyle. And the third selection will be the 12 main event. All right. And, and you're too good at this because you're stealing all my good nuggets that oh, I have. I looked yeah, up, yeah. Uh, I'm not a big breeding person, so I don't care that much. Okay, neither am I. But, That's true. No, yeah. yeah, but number 12 total knockout. You said four sips to race. You said three winners or something like that. Yeah, um, but again, that, that's not coming off the top of my head. That's coming from something that Bristol is giving me. You know what oh, I mean? Well, you know, I looked up the numbers. I don't have it at the click of a, a mouse. I yeah. just, uh, yeah. there's like, um, Did you see those who are interested. You saw, that, you saw that as well? Yeah, Equibase has a, a damn full search. Okay, so you can okay. put in, if yeah. you put in a damn full search Equibase, it'll come up and you can put in any damn and it'll give you all their babies. And then you have to click on each one and also it's a little time consuming. There's probably oh, an easier see, way, yeah, but sure, this sure. one had four sibs, four, four babies, and you said three winners. Right, two of them right, won their right. debuts. So they, she had two debut winners from four um, oh, to race. That, that's even the more. Yeah. They call granular granular was the term they use. <laughs> there you go. We stepped it up. I had to, I had to do something. Um, one of them won a maiden special way to Gulfstream, so probably a decent race. And one uh, won a maiden claiming at Churchill, but still a high-level track. Good so. That's good to know. Yeah, I Yeah, that. so if I was using a first-time starter, I'd probably use the, the 12 just for the price and all that. Um, usually seven furlongs. I don't love using first time starters because it's right. kind no, of, a, I agree. I've heard at least, I don't know if it's true, but I don't have numbers to back it up. So I hate to say, yeah, but a lot what of I, is anecdotal, right? Yeah. You know what That's what they say. They, whoever they may be. <laughs> exactly. But observing, it seems like that's pretty accurate, but I don't know. I guess, uh, when one of the first time starters wins here, <laughs> I'll reassess, right. but, it's um, always, yeah, right. It's always, you know, let's face it. One thing about this game, they'll always, you'll always get an exception to the rules. On yep. the line, <laughs> So, so what I'm going to, you already talked about the eight horse, who's the eight horse I'm keying. You basically mentioned the reasons I liked his first race, how he stalked a pretty uh, strong pace uh, in that, in that race, uh, three to five shot was up on the lead with a six to one shot. Now the six to one shot, Hagler won the race and ran really impressively, but the three to five That's shot. Right, faded to four. Yep, yep. Yeah. And the three to five shot faded to four. So it was a legitimate pace he was chasing and he kind of, I know he lost by 10 lengths, but he hung in there and, uh, didn't embarrass himself. And I, yeah. I like horses who duel or, or in this case, chase just off the pace, right. who is very close to the pace and running three wide also. So covered a lot more ground than some of the others. So I, I definitely like the, yeah, I can't say I love the eight. And the other thing too, with two-year-olds, they improve so much from start to start sometimes because they're growing up that you can almost, I don't want to say throw out the, the speed figures if you are a speed figure person, but you can really get good value because people still bet speed figures. And I think with two-year-olds, it's very deceptive. So um, they, they can improve so much so quickly. Well, to jump up 30, 40 points from exactly. 
Right. When we're looking at two loves a fight, the horse has been running 85 buyers, probably not going to jump up to a 98 no, or 100 that's, buyer. That's representative of what he's going to run. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe go up to a 90, 92. You know, it's fluctuating yeah. based on the scenario, the yeah. pace. Yeah. But in this case, I can see the, the eight horse. Now, listen, the eight horse can stink and run a 40 buyer. But right. I can of see. Of course. He can take a big can, step backwards tomorrow. No, right. But he can easily run an 80 and, and win this race by three lines. So right. I'm going yeah. to key the eight. And, and the way I'm going to bet it, I'm going to put him in uh, triples and supers in the first and second spot, assuming, again, morning line is accurate. And I'm yeah. probably going to use anywhere from four to five horses with him. I don't like to spread that much. I'm just clueless after the eight, who I like. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to use uh, with him uh, definitely the 12, one of the first-time starters. Uh, I'm definitely going to use the, the four, believe it or not. I'm sorry, not the four. The uh, was the other one here I wrote? Oh, the uh, the two. The Mott horse, who's one of the chalks, he got off to a, okay. a slow yeah, start. Yeah, I mean, that horse is legitimate. He ran yeah. second to Hagler last time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I'm not really a jockey guy either. But, yeah. And yeah. I love Junior Alvarado, but he was riding, and maybe still is, but he was riding like crap for a while, I feel. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'm yeah. a big fan of his, but he's been bad for the last like four or five yeah, months. No, not, yeah, and yeah. Irad is Irad. So I'm not a big jockey guy, but I really think between being a second-time starter for Mott uh, step up in uh, jockey. Got off to a bad start last time, so I, and and Mott's numbers with first timers have definitely improved. But he's still a, a trainer who kind of improves them as they run. Yes. So yeah, um, he yeah. he would actually be my second horse. So what I might even do is put like eight with two with, and then like three or four other horses in the third right. and fourth slot, and yeah. then I might do two with eight with three or four sure. horses in the other slot, and sense. I might even move. Um, I might move those four other horses, whoever I might use, around. So I'll have like um, I'm just gonna make up numbers here. Uh, well, yeah. I wrote down numbers: one, three, ten, twelve. So I might go one, three, ten, twelve with eight, with two in triples. Yes. One, two. Uh, I'm sorry. One, three, ten, twelve with eight, with two, with one, three, ten, twelve in supers. Things yeah. like that. So I'll have to have the eight first or second. Yeah, you want right. the, you want your two, two line fix at a price. If they hit so, land somewhere in the money, chances are you're going to cash. Right. I'll need the eight first or second. I'll need the two in the money, and then hopefully I'm right with the uh, other horses in the super and trouble. That's kind of right. how I would bet this race, assuming the morning line is accurate. Now, if the two goes off eight to five, I might not do that and be like, he's not worth right. it. But um, right. that's kind of how I would approach this race. Yeah, I think that makes that's a very good approach. I agree with that. You know, it's funny when you mentioned that Hagler. There's one thing I wanted to talk about that Hagler race. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, you said, I, who did they make three to five in there? There was somebody that got inordinately bad. Ooh. The horse who I'm going to look it up while you're talking. The horse who came in fourth, so I can look it up pretty quickly. Oh, okay. Well, well, the point being is I had picked Hagler in the paper that day, and he, this, is, <laughs> this is the kind of situations that can kind of make the game hard. I think he was the morning line favorite, and for some reason he wasn't being bet at all. And I couldn't understand it. And I was like, wow. I ended up playing him and he won. And he, I ended up getting like, I believe he paid like $12. Am I right? Was some, somewhere in that range? $14.20 he paid. Yeah. Okay. Even better. And, and from what I remember, I don't have the paperwork in front of me. I'm almost certain he was a five for two morning line. And, and on my uh, my profit line, like I like to call it, I think he was like three or four two, to one. So he, he was, was like a real overlay. Two to one morning. I have it here. Two to one morning line. He there went off go. six to one. There you go. Yeah. Real overlay. Like, and mm -hmm. sometimes you get nervous. Sometimes you think, well, is he dead on the board? Yeah. You know, what's going on here? But sometimes you got to trust your judgment too. And, yeah. and, and here, sometimes you get a winner, you get lucky. Like there's a big speed duel and the horse closes and got, wasn't the best horse in the race. He was right. the best horse. I mean, he put away yeah. the, 
The yeah. three to five shot yeah. was a Todd Pletcher horse, red line overdrive. I don't really know oh, the horse. That, okay. Was he a first time starter? I don't know. Um, I don't have that information here. Yeah, that I'm like, yeah. But for some reason, they just didn't bet Hagler that day and he ran. Now, it's funny because a lot of times in New York, when a horse is, you know, quote unquote dead on the board, and I hate to use that term because it's, you know, you're giving too much, I'm giving too much credit to the they out there. <laughs> Uh huh. They, they usually write. You know, they're not always right. And this is how the game is. Nobody's always right. But a lot of times, when a horse should be betting, he isn't, especially in New York. I want to, want to, you know, uh, make that clear. It's out of town is a different game, especially in New York. When horses aren't bet right, it's usually a reason. They usually don't run well when they're supposed to be bet. I don't know. Have you seen that? Yeah, I think New York. I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased, and you are too, probably being New Yorkers. But I, I think there is a lot of smart money and big money being bet. Yeah. So I yeah. agree that that race, the, the quote smart money was not smart because no, you're right. So I did look it up. It's like anything the, else, right? Nothing the, is hundred percent in this game. You know? Yeah. That three to five pledge red line overdrive was a first time starter. So, was a first, okay. um, and he went off three to five. Jeez. Right. I guess uh word was out or something. And he basically dueled Hagler. And the, the thing I like about the horse that we both picked, the eight dad's good runner. He was mm-hmm. sitting right off the duel running wider than those horses uh, but close enough that the duel definitely had to take something out of him. So oh, yeah, to be that um, close to a fast pace, especially yep. first out. You and know? and it was a three to five Pletcher he was chasing in this Hagler horse who yeah went off six to one but ran a monster race. So um, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Well, when we talk about really stuff, hopefully we're gonna get a good price on it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be broke by the race eight because I'm gonna invest everything in race seven. But anyway, <laughs> right. all right, exactly. you want to move on? You want to move on to race eight? Yeah, go ahead. Let's go to. Uh, All right. If you pick my horse in race eight, which you might, uh, uh, then then we got a problem. But in the pick five that I'll likely bet because I do like a couple of these races, uh, I'm going to single this race. And I was just worried about the price. I hope David Aragon's morning line is accurate because even though it's definitely not a, a price horse that I'm singling, I can definitely live with the price that he put on this horse. And I'll just say it because this way people can't accuse me of just jumping on your ship. Uh, and that's the two Kawhi Mia River. Seventy-two. Okay, no, we don't. Have, we don't. I'll tell you right now. We don't have the same horse. All right, no, that's, that's good. I get. Well, it might be good. I don't know, but probably I'm good sure for you. Believe me, you know, the, the, I'm usually wrong more than I am right. So, well, me too. So, <laughs> we'll see. Um, <laughs> now, so, you want me to give you where I landed? Go ahead. I'll talk about Kawhi after. Don't go talking. No, no, talk about your horse first because I'm curious because I I didn't even give him a look and I'm looking at him now. But go ahead. All right. So this is where he's saying it's a six far long turf sprint first level allowance. So there's a horse who two back. Broke his maiden uh, at Belmont going six furlongs on the turf. And he was the two to one favorite in the race coming off a 73 buyer. So I don't know, probably wasn't the toughest uh, field in the world. He did beat older. It's a three-year-old. It was against three and older. His second start against older. And he just was much the best in that race. The question for me was, while he was much the best in that race, what did he beat? So he comes back in the call place, uh, a handicap or whatever it is, a stakes race. Uh, that was seven furlongs on the turf. It was for only three-year-olds. But one thing I like to do, and I'm trying to figure, how does a, a race class up when it's different levels? Mm, you know, yes. Obviously, you know, in a, a first-level allowance to a second-level allowance, you can just look and see. And sure. sometimes you can get a weak second-level allowance feel on the strong first level, and the, the first yes. level is better. But yeah. typically, you can look at that. But how, how does a 100,000 three-year-old stakes race compare? The fact that he was 11-1 to 1, coming off an 86 buyer where, yeah, he was stepping off off a maiden, but he had an easy win by two lengths too. <laughs> to me, that was probably a, a, a tougher race than this, uh, or at least as tough. And sure. I thought he ran very well. He ran three wide, and he was slowly moving up. And I thought speed dominated. I thought <laughs> there was zero pace in the race. 
the top three horses basically held, and he was like the only horse making up ground. And he was, again, it was a slow making up of ground, but if they kept going, he needed a lot more ground to get there. But the fact that he was making up ground, I really like that. He's lightly raced. He's young. He's improving. So in this race where I don't really love anyone else, I just feel that this is a horse that's improving. His last race is better than it looks. The competition is better than this or as good as this, I feel. And, and, People might not realize that. I could be wrong too, but um, I, I like. I was worried he might be like five to two or something like that. Uh, so yeah. if he's seven to two, I'll be very happy. And this is a, a pretty much definite single. There's only one other horse that I'll wait until after you're done if you don't mention him. There is one price horse that I'm going to use with him in the betting, and I'll talk about that after if you don't talk about him. Which you like prices, so you might talk about him. Yeah, and I'm gonna, first. I'm going to give you a couple of thumbs up on your horse because I'm looking at him now, and there's a lot to like about this horse. As you probably could see when he broke that maiden, when he won that maiden race. The second place finisher came back and won. Mm-hmm. Next. Okay, so right there was a, it, it verified that, like you said, you, you know what? The field was fairly decent. He beat a horse who came back and won next time. And then in his most recent race, like I said, in the call place. Now, in turf races, I look for horses that are intensifying their late kick. And your number two, Kawi River, or whatever, Kawi Mia River. I said, oh, wait a minute. You must not be a basketball fan. Are you an NBA fan? No, I'm not really. You know, that's the one sport I don't follow that closely. Big, you ever hear Kawhi Leonard? Big baseball guy. But, uh, you know, I got to admit, that's the one that I don't, I don't follow that closely. I, I'm assuming he's named after Kawhi Leonard. I'm pretty sure. I got to guess. And it was, it's actually yeah, a really yeah, clever name. Right? That, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's a clever name. So, But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. It is a clever No, it is a clever name. But his, I'll tell you, yeah, what I was saying about his late pace figure is it improved over his his previous two turf starts. And that's what you want to see with young developing grass horses. They keep intensifying their late kick. And now on paper, they it may not be so apparent, but on the numbers, it's really clear. He, he improved like five points on his ability to finish last time out. He had a very live horse here, Eric, without a doubt. I hope so. <laughs> uh, and I love, like I said, I told I said this earlier in the show in a different race. I love the cutback. It's like cutbacks and sprints. I think the cutback six furlongs even help this horse even more. Uh, I just got to worry that it's going to be like every other New York turf race and some horse will go to the lead and walk on the, you know, and this horse will close like a monster coming second. Yeah. You know, it tends not to happen as much in the sprints. Yeah, I hope. (laughs) You know, uh, and like you said, the turf course at Belmont, especially late in the fall, was very speed favorable. It's got like a, like a paved highway. Because I don't think there was much rain. I, I haven't been in New York, but I, from what I was seeing and what I was, you know, keeping in touch with people in the area, it didn't rain that much this fall, right? That course was hard. Yeah, I don't even remember. I probably should know, but that, that would make me yeah. more excited because the fact that he yeah, was closing it all. That was a very speed favoring course. Yeah. No, that's and, a, and that race was. So that, that makes me like him more. So that's a live that's horse good. you got. And I think you got me beat there. But that being said, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. now you talked me onto that one. I wish that was that easy. <laughs> I ended up actually, I ended up on the number seven scuttle buzz. Now it's Rudy Rodriguez on grass. Who doesn't, you know, obviously people tend to scoff Rudy on grass. But the funny thing is, this was two for two on the big A grass, which is kind of weird, right? Um, and again, I was talking about late pace figures. Number seven scuttlebuzz out of his last race. It was a pretty fast come home that day. Now, again, it looks like a bit of a mild run, only past two horses. But to do that was an effort because they were coming home very fast. And if, you know, obviously you're much more of a video trip guy than I am. Well, I'm reading the, the comment line, bump, break, anchored, uh, whatever that's about. I guess we know what that means. Took a huge hold of the horse and just pulled him back. <laughs> I and then all I know is I, yeah, go I, ahead. 
I'm sorry. I wrote down that he uh, he was checked early, lost two plus lengths. So he lost like uh, two, two and a half lengths. Right. It cost him. Okay. So that, you can add two and a half lengths to his score. wide at the quarter pole? Is that accurate? No. Okay. I mean, Where was he? And three wide, though. Call me. Harry was. Oh, no, that was two back. I'm reading the three wide. Um, yeah, I didn't write the, I would write it though. If he was that wide, I didn't write anything, but no, he might, okay. here it is. I hate the chart calls when they do this, I know. when they like two wide around the whole turn and then they swing out late and they're yeah, like and they four or five wide in the stretch. Saying, right. It, yeah. it implies yeah. that they were five or six wide when they really were two wide until the very right. end, which is right. So right. I'm pretty sure that he was like, you know, uh, two wide or something like I could be wrong, right. but I would, right. I would have marked it if he wasn't. So I'm pretty sure. I would probably be well served wide. to watch that replay at some point. Sure. Uh, because yeah, it would be interesting if he was six wide trying to make a move at the quarter pole into that that fast late pace. That's a tough trip. Uh, nine to two on the morning line is pretty decent. I like the fact he's got a couple of workouts since that effort. I, I always like to see that with my horses that this that that they're still in training that they didn't have a little injury or something knocked him out after that race. Uh, and and he's two. The thing actually, I don't really like that. I that you can see that he's two for two at Aqueduct on the grass because that tends to hurt their prices, you know. <laughs> but uh, I guess that being said, it is it is obviously a positive. That's number seven Scuttlebuzz. I'll give you two more in there. Uh, kind of all over the place with this one after the, the top one. I'm going to go to the number nine Bustin Shout. Now, he's been out since January. Bruce Levine's really not a a turf guy, but this horse has got speed. And this horse could get loose here. I love fresh runners that have speed, uh, especially like fresh runners on the grass that are coming off layoffs. They tend to do better than speed horses on grass that are running more, more recently. For whatever reason that is, I've just seen that in my research. And this horse kind of fits that profile. He's a decent price, the number nine busting shout. So I'm going to put him on my tickets. And give you one more in there, uh, work our way to the inside. Of course, you mentioned Call Me Harry, which was the one that was second to Scuttle Buzz uh, two races back. He came back and won. So that kind of like up the stock, I guess, on Scuttle Buzz's effort uh, two races back. Uh, kind of got a perfect trip last time. I'm, I'm sure you would probably second that. But I like the way he's worked since then, three tight works. Uh, and your horse cannot be left off the ticket as well. So uh, race eight, my three are going to be the number seven, Scuttlebuzz, the number nine, Bustin' Shout, and the number six, Call Me Harry. All right. And uh, I did, as you were talking, I was listening, but I went yeah. back and watched that replay. So uh, Scuttlebuzz was mostly too wide around the turn. He was actually um, very headstrong and rank on the turn, which I didn't note. And then he angled out i would say about two-thirds around the turn he angled out to be four wide for the very last part of the turn that's so that's where they say yeah the yeah so he was probably like uh, yeah. like two and a half to three wide if you want to you right. know even it I, out so he was a little wide but it wasn't that wide yeah uh, but yeah. he was ranking he had trouble I, early so you can definitely use that, the that last comment race. anchored was interesting is it you know, yeah i never heard of that anchored implies it's what like like, he he like, a, like, a, like a boat race like they pulled yeah him him to the back and i like the fact that you know he's taking less kind of off him putting the mini franco on yeah. who knows you know but yeah who knows so, so i made that, com that comment before either anchor you know i've never seen that um yeah. so i made my case for the two horse and when i bet this vertically uh i'm not even going to play games now again i'm assuming the morning line is accurate if kawaii's a river kawaii a river is like eight to five i'm probably not mm -hmm. looking to bet him uh, yeah. In the pick five, it will be too late to know that. But uh, yeah. as far as vertical bets, the other horse, uh, and you didn't mention, th not thank goodness, because I would like if you like the horse, especially a price, 
but um, this way I'm not adding to what you said. I can add something new, yeah. maybe. Uh, the three nice ace, I think, has an outside shot here. I know his speed figures are, are maybe a little soft if you're a speed figure player, uh, but he is a three-year-old, and even though he's had a lot of races, no reason why he can't improve. His last race was at this mm -hmm. level at Keeneland, and it was around two turns. He's been running around two turns, going a mile uh, recently. That race really favored closers, I felt, and this horse... Yes ran three wide uh, right off on a really solid pace that I wouldn't say the pace collapsed, but it definitely favored closers. Yeah. I don't know. I know he's one in a mile on the, on the synthetic. So I can't say he doesn't want to go the distance, but you know, maybe on the cutback now, I, I love horses who chase uh, sharp paces and I got to be politically correct. So I don't get sued, but he's going from <clears> Tim Gurton, who I never heard of, even though he's 18% trainer. Maybe I should, I don't follow. Uh, right. Yeah, it's, yeah, and he's going to Rob Atris and I'm not going to say anything to get you or I in trouble, but some trainers magically improve horses and he's one of them. So whatever he's doing, uh, you know, he, he gets these horses to improve a lot and his, his synthetic numbers aren't that far off. So to me, I don't know. He's worth a, a little bit of a shot here. If he's 15, I mean, I wouldn't like him if he was five to one, but at 15 to one, he's got speed. And you did That's mention the there's thing. some other speed right. potentially in the race, but there's no like blazers no, in the race no, like that no horse that has to go. Speed, like you said, no, not at all. In fact, so, the board, it, almost, it almost looks like he's guaranteed. He may make a clear lead here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll see what happens with Bustin' Shout the Niner. You mentioned, you know, fresh, he might just go. But, you know, he's had speed in the past, but he hasn't run in a year. So may maybe he'll be fresh and go, but maybe he just is not the same horse. And, of course, the five should have speed. The only problem with the five is, you know, he's kind of a, a cheaper, weaker horse running yeah, against competition. Yeah. So yeah. who if knows if his speed can keep up. be scratched. I mean, 50 to one morning line is really going to bring this horse in from Charlestown tomorrow. Right? That's a, that's a good point. Uh, you know, do you want to ship a horse if you don't think you have much of a shot? Maybe he was yeah. seeing if there's like no speed in the race, we'll take a chance. So maybe, he, I don't know, but definitely I, I would love, it's funny if the five gets scratched, it would help the three, but it might hurt Kawhi. Although Kawhi will be like close to the pace, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. Year. I don't think he's that pace dependent. Yeah, exactly. It's like a ridiculously crawling pace, you know? Yeah. So, so when I bet this race, I, I'm, I'm going to bet a lot of horizontals here where like from last race, I'm sure I'll have an eight and probably a two, eight with two double. And then a, an eight with two double from the last race. Uh, I'm also going to bet I, I, we didn't get to the next race. I don't really love the next race. So I don't know if I'm going to get pick threes going into that race, but from that first like race six, seven, eight, I'll have pick threes singling Kawhi in this race. Uh, vertically, uh, we talked about this before it came on the air too. Like to me, if Kawhi is seven to two, it's good value. But I like to bet it, and you, for the most part, agree, although you, you're a win better, and we can talk about that for a moment. But, like, to me, what am I going to bet? 50 bucks on a seven to two shot and win a couple hundred, maybe? I know people are like, oh, yeah, that's good. But I'm looking to win thousands. I'm looking to get 20, 30, 40 to one. Yeah. We had, um, I don't know if you know Tommy Massis. He was on our show last week. He's a professional oh, handicapper. Yeah, I did, I, it's funny. I did actually listen to that show. He was the guy from Canada that plays Woodbine. Right. Yeah, and he looks for like 50 to 1 on his on his money. So I look yeah, for like yeah, 20, 30 to 1. He's even that. more. Yeah, yep. wow. <laughs> so so to me, betting win on him, I mean, maybe I will just, you know, if he is 7 to 2 or higher. But I, I'm more looking to make it into, you know, big box. So I might try sure. and get nice ace with him, similar to what I did last race. But in this case, I'm just going to keep Kawhi on top. So I'll bet like 2 with 3 with, and I'll pick a few other horses I like in 3rd and 4th in in triples and supers and i'll bet two with a few other horses with the three and third in triples and supers mm -hmm. and i'll hope that the three runs second or third uh and and that he's a price so that's probably the way i would play this race 
um, and, and vertically. And, and like I said, I'm going to focus a lot on the horizontals only because I don't love anyone too much below Kawhi. And right, I don't right. just no, want to bet win. That just sounds like a sound approach. I mean, you can turn, like you said, you know, a potential like $9 or high $8 winner into, into a nice score there with the right horse in second or third, you know? So yeah, that- and it could be frustrating. Horse wins at $9 and I don't bet no. win. It can. And we talked right. about this too before. It, it can be frustrating, but you know, how much do I want to bet on him? And well, that's and- the thing. And you know, you know, like we talked about before, so it's got to sit, it's got to suit your personality. If you could deal with that frustration, like you said, what, what you know, what was the return going to be that anyway? So, you know, you're willing to take the swing for the fence. And if you, you know, if you strike out, that's okay. Because of what, you know, other than hitting the single, do you really want to hit a single there? Do you want to hit a home run? You know? Absolutely. Um, okay. So unless you want to talk more, we can go on to race no, nine. Well, that, we got two more to go through the red Smith. Like you said, this is you know not my favorite race, but if you want to get off, we can take a look. This is a one race in the sequence where I really don't have a, a strong opinion at all. Uh, I, I didn't know what to do here. I, I really am at a loss. So I was hoping you would have a strong opinion and talk me into something. So why don't you uh, you start and tell us what you're thinking this race? Okay. Well, I have an opinion. I don't know if it's a strong opinion. <laughs> See, they, they pay to have an opinion in each race. I don't have to tell them how strong it is. <laughs> well, by strong, I don't mean good. I just mean I feel it strongly. It might be terrible. Anyway, but <laughs> I, okay, so I, I ended up on the nine no word Pletcher's horse. Now, I don't know. You, I, maybe you got some trip stuff on his last race. I hope you do. Uh, obviously, the uh- I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing only because um, my partner, Gary, he's liked this horse a few times in the past. So I was going to really? joke that he like said, all right, Steve's filling in for me this week. He's got to pick no word. That's like part of the contract. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> he loves this horse. through for him here. I hope I didn't jinx him though. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what got me interested in him because I, I, you know, one of his back efforts, he's got a really fast late pace figure. Now I'm, I'm kind of digging a little bit. I guess it's the archaeology pattern is... Uh, which is a guy's name, Rich Perloff on TVG. I don't know if you ever watched it. He's got his, his whole little uh, shtick of patterns, so to speak. And I know back, who he is. I don't I watch, but go ahead. Yeah, well, when you go back, like, on a race, he calls it the archaeology pattern. Like, I had to dig deep to come up with this one. It's kind of a, it's kind of a funny term. I, I went back to his race on August 15th, 2020 at Saratoga, in the, in the Saratoga Derby, where he actually ran a, a pretty solid late pace figure. Now, he hasn't been able to win since that effort. Uh, he's given you some po- pretty decent seconds. Uh, if he's going to come back to it, I'm hoping tomorrow is going to be, uh, Saturday is going to be the day. He's got a nice forward line uh, on the numbers. Uh, the distance, I think, is with, within his capability. He's, he's run, you know, he's run decently at a mile and a quarter. He's got, you know, they don't really run a mile and three eighths that often, but if you can run a mile and a quarter, I'm sure, you know, the, the mile and three eighths is certainly in your scope. He's uh, got, Three workouts since his last race. I think I mentioned that earlier. I like to see that. Three tight, nice, tightly grouped workouts. Uh, in fact, there's three workouts in, in a span of just 16 days. So that's, you know, putting a lot of work into the horse. I, I like that. That means they're sound, that they can hold up to the training. And one thing I want to make sure is when I play horses that he's sound. Now, is he going to be good enough? I don't know. His numbers certainly fit. Like I said, if he runs back to that late pace figure and that whole, and that, that final figure that he earned, you know, over a year ago, a year and like five months ago, he can win this race and he's going to be a decent price. And that's the number nine, no word. I mean, you want to, you want to get to your top pick next and then I'll give you my next two? No, you can go because I don't even have <laughs> I don't think I have any picks. I was just going to talk about a couple of horses that you don't mention. All right. So I'll, I'll let you talk <laughs> if you All don't right, mind. I'll give you two more. I kind of like just uh, fly off the cuff on these. I went to the, 
the the number four what is that serve the king mm-hmm. uh, let me to him give you my reason wow chad all right this, yeah. uh, this is my, like obvious throwaway picks i guess chad brown you know coming out of the turf classic uh, he was second that day it's going to be over bed obviously can he win absolutely is it you ever doubt a chad brown horse under these conditions you know it's another one that's worked four times since his last trip. that's one thing about chad brown i got to give him that thing credit you know he does win and he's something people wonder about what he's doing but man he trains his horses right he gives them the conditioning in the bottom this horse is the proper conditioning you know so uh number four served the king the third one i picked in the paper is the one on the rail actually mike maker's horse number one tied to the sea and that's simply because he has speed and he has the inside position and as you know and we've talked about this speed on the grass especially at these marathon distances especially in new york these horses get loose and give you a 51 half and a 116 three quarters or whatever. And bye bye birdie the party's over. And I've seen it so many times and I don't want to get burned by it again. So uh, number one, tied to the sea has that potential to do just that. Uh, he's actually got a win in a mile and a half on the, on the Gulfstream park grass. So the distance is well within his, his, his scope and he's going to be a decent price. So in the red Smith, the ninth race, it's uh, aqueduct on Saturday. Number nine, no words, going to be the top pick. Number four, serve the king will be second. And the number one, tied to the sea, will be my third selection. And with tied to the sea being a Mike Maker trainee, you know the distance probably is not an issue. He's kind of a, a specialist at getting these horses to go along on the grass. Um, you, you mentioned a few that I was going to talk about, so that's good. I don't really have to say much. I liked tied to the sea last time. I thought he had a, a, a chance. And then I saw the price. I was like, that's insane. So I don't think I bet him. I, I can't remember. It was, a, I want to say, a Sunday a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but that was a race that definitely favored closers. He was dueling. Uh, he was stalked by and dueling. Uh, Beacon Hill, who was 5-2 to two in that race. Beacon Hill held better. So I didn't love tied to the sea's race, but I would definitely mm-hmm. upgrade his last race. And, and he mm-hmm. ran pretty well at Laurel. But again, he, he was running against weaker. And every time he goes into a grade two race, he gets beaten by 25 lengths so right. um i mean back in february uh he, he did okay in a grade two at uh gulf stream but that was kind of a weaker grade two if you look who we ran against so i, I don't i'm not against side of the sea and at 15 to 1 he's a horse i would use in my pick fives definitely i guess the question is does channel cat go i know i read something where um sisterson said he's putting on blinkers because he hasn't shown as much speed early and that, right. gets yeah, yeah so i don't know maybe channel cat goes i can't imagine a speed duel in new york especially with johnny velasquez involved louis is maybe but not john i feel like johnny velasquez gets so much respect that when he goes to the lead they just let him go it happens to most jockeys but especially it, him true. you're right he and it, i agree with you there yeah yeah he's great on the lead and i think it's because no one challenges him ever um so I guess again, the pace is going to make the race. If if one or if the one or the seven tied to the sea or channel can't go and the other doesn't, I can definitely see a wire job here. You already mentioned the four, who's kind of the class of the race coming out of these grade one events where he's run pretty well. He ran against Rock Emperor, Rufo. Uh, I think um, what's the the uh, Japan? Who's a horse who uh, was oh, a yeah. O'Brien horse yeah. was in that race? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. He was yeah. coming out of a, a better race and much better race. Now he had a great trip in that race. Yeah, and he yeah. kind of, I don't know, sucked up for a second, but it you know, was he wasn't. Of, yeah, I agree. It was a suck up second. Yeah, without a doubt. But uh, he's still, you know, compared to these. My problem with the four is because of that great trip he had, and even last two, he's had very good trips. He yeah. He's going to take more money. Like he's not, he's going to be an underlay, like you mentioned with the Chad Brown before. 
So do you want to take an underlay and a pick five? I mean, you know, usually no, but if you have price in other legs, you don't want to get knocked out necessarily well, by, and you, you know, and you, three want to, one. And you want to have the right horse in that race, you know? Right. Yeah. The, the other horse who I, who I wanted to mention, um, <laughs> and I can't believe I'm doing it because it's a horse I bet against continually. Uh, and that's the three soldier rising. Yeah. This is a horse who on August 17th, uh, I love state of rest. I watched his replay in uh, Europe. That's the horse he lost to. And I bet State of Rest that day, and Soldier Rising killed me. I singled State of Rest 21 or 23 to 1. I don't know if I hit any pick fives or anything, but I know I singled State of Rest. And I bet him over a couple horses, and I did not use Soldier Rising, who was the one horse that day. He was coming from Europe. I thought he was racing against a little weaker, and I just didn't love his races. And I was like, oh. And then I watched. It was a race that set up for closers. Soldier Rising just hugged the rail, and basically – he, he had the perfect trip, a great setup. Mm. And I'm like, ah, this horse is no good. I was right. He just got lucky. Comes back in the belt, uh, jockey club derby, whatever it's called, invitational. Yeah. And again, he had a perfect trip. I was against him there. And I don't know. I don't think I had you here. If I did, it wouldn't have mattered. But um, he had the perfect trip. And I'm like, ah, oh. again, I was right on this horse. So last yeah. time he ran, I actually was talking to you before we got in the air. I was down Maryland Million Day. I was in uh, at Laurel. Yeah. Yeah. And Belmont had that carryover. And I thought public sector was like the easiest of singles. Then he went off like five to two or something like that. I was like, holy cat, mm. three to one. I'm like, this horse should be like right, six to five. Right. <laughs> so I was like very pleased with that. This horse, uh, Soldier Rising was a favorite at eight to five, I guess that is, when public sector was like five to two, something like that. Um, and I was like, oh, this is so easy because I did not like the favorite. I bet the race. I don't remember if I cashed on the race individually or not. That was when I was alive to the last leg for single ticket yeah. 200,000. I had uh, these pick five and I ended up losing to the favorite in the last race. But anyway, uh, I can relive that again. So this horse ran really well last race. He had major excuses. First of all, a couple of reasons I didn't like him last time. Number one, I love public sector. But number two, he had a horrible post. It was the 11 post, which is awful going a mile and an eighth. On yeah, the so inner at Belmont because they basically the start yeah, and they yeah, turn yeah. right away. Yeah, yeah, right. There was zero pace on paper, zero, and the race played out like that. In fact, the yeah. horse that went to the lead stayed first. The horse that was second stayed second. Public sector showed more speed than usual and was third only because there was no pace and passed those two. And those other two, one of or two of which were prices, held yeah. second and third. So there was no pace, and this horse got knocked extremely wide on the first turn. If you guys go back and watch the replay of October 23rd, he got like yeah. bumped on the first turn and ended up being like four wide and, and really lost stride for a little bit. If it was like a trotter, he would have been knocked off stride or, or whatever. I, um, yeah. And then he, I think he had more trouble elsewhere. He, uh, what, what else did I write? Uh, pushed out. Well, first they have turn. seven wide upper. I guess that means the second turn, right? Upper stretch. Yeah, but again, that's a little misleading. Yeah, but he was a little wide. On that. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. a little wide in the stretch. He was like six wide, whatever. But by the time, right. you know, yeah. it's not on the turn. Yeah. But he was a little right. wide, and there was zero pace, and he closed. Now another long shot did close in the race, also a little bit to come in like fourth or fifth or sixth. Yeah. So it wasn't like a, a you know no one closed, but there really wasn't pace. The three right. three right. held top three positions. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also a three year old who's improving. I actually thought his last race was his best race uh, and i'm a public sector pace figure i'll tell you that much from where i sit yeah without a doubt yeah okay good yeah well like you said he closed into you know slow frack uh you know no pace right. they finished so very the fast and he closed the, the race right yeah right and, and again that's because right there was no pace so they finished fast the horses and he closed into it even more impressed yeah. so he's got to step up a little more but i think his last race is much better than it looks 
my only thing is I didn't like him at all going into that race. So for me now to be like, all right, I hated that horse and now I love him. It's tough, but he would probably be my top pick here. And then I'm going to kick myself when you run seventh. I'm like, how can I pick a horse? I never like, (laughs) but, um, he he would probably be my top pick. I I would use the one and four though. Um, after that, I I don't really know. I, I have to admit, I don't love no word that you pick, but I, I, I wouldn't be against him. I can't really make a strong no, case yeah, against no, him. Yeah, no, believe me, no word is not the kind of horse you can love. It's a, bit, it's, a, it's a bit of a reach, and I'm digging back on a race just because, I, like, same as you, I wasn't really that sold on, on anything in here. But, you know, you made a good case for Soldier Rising, and now that I'm looking at it, without a doubt, he was completely pace compromised last time, as well as trip compromised, from what you told me. So exactly, yeah. This is the kind of, like, you know, the things about him you love, the things about him you don't like. So, you know, and he, you know, for me as a, as a win player, that would be price dependent on whether I pull the trigger on him, you know, during this race, but he's a must use for you in pick fives, you know, you don't want to get beat by him, you know? Yeah. And again, I don't think I'm going to bet this race vertically because I don't have a, a strong opinion otherwise. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. that I love him, but I wish I didn't dislike him as much as I did going to that race. But in fairness, like I said, he is a three-year-old. He, he's improved a little. Well, I don't know if he improved each race, but last race, I thought he improved a lot, even though his buyer went he down. And... He did, without a doubt, on my numbers. You know, whether okay, that good. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, before we just, well, we can move on, but before we go, yeah. um, do you give, because it's another horse I, I think I would use, but this is the race I'm going deepest in the sequence. Sure. Corelli, would you give Corelli uh, any shot? Just Based on class, if nothing else. Now he's at the, okay, so he was out of the same race, right? Or no, 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 he's out of the No, no, he ran uh, in a different race. I'm sorry, yeah. right. Okay, the thing about Corelli, his late pick, pace figures aren't quite there with some of the top ones, like your like Soldier Rising is faster, and, uh, uh, well, no word, have to go back to get that one. And, and the Chad Brown horse served the king as fast late pace figures. I mean, Corelli's aren't that far out of, out of, out of, out of, out of reach. It's certainly doable uh i don't know what his trip was like last time i mean certainly you know you could see the internal part, part of the race was slow his come up was was somewhat improved he's actually got one a little bit of a pattern his best race to me is the race three back at woodbine the uh and mm-hmm. the, that, that grade three race his final well you see i see now that he won that race as well that was his best late pace figure and he overcame a very slow pace, 50, uh, 15 and two to the mm-hmm. half, you know, four, three quarters. So that was a big effort. So, I mean, I wouldn't throw him out. He's going to be a giant price, right? You know, you, you know, he's Jonathan Thomas too. This guy, you know, beats you when you, when you look in the other way, you know? Yeah. And, and that can make the argument last race was just too short for him too. you know, if it was another quarter of a mile, well, maybe or eighth of a mile. That. You got a point yeah. with that, you know, that could have been a complete prep for, you know, you know, I mean, you know, and, and he's in, like you said, you know, junior, not like junior was, you know, not riding his best, not the switching to Manny Franco that I'd upgrade that a little bit, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to use him just cause he's a, if he was like four to one, five to one, I don't yeah, think no, I would, no, but no, if he's but 12 to one, I'll, I'll throw him in. Say 12 to one morning, I the potential to go off higher than that, you know? Much yep. Harder. Yeah. Um. Any, okay. Yep. Anything else, or we go on to the last no, race? That's it for that. Let's get to the, okay. this finale, the maiden special in New York Reds. What a way to end! <laughs> right. I actually thought about singling a long shot here, but I'm not going to do it because I actually like two double-digit odd horses as my top two picks. I think I'm going to go four deep or three deep though in the uh, in the pick five. So I'm going not that deep, but a little deep, and I will bet this vertically, even though I don't have strong opinion. When I when I do lean towards two big prices, I definitely want to bet the race. So we'll see if you uh, ended on the same horses. Uh, perhaps you did. We'll find oh, out. No, I got you know this this race is actually going to destroy my reputation. 
Uh oh, Chalky, Chalk Man. I see now I ended up on the morning line favorite, and I don't <laughs> love the horse, but when I looked at the race, I didn't know. I just was going back. You know how this is a race, you don't know where to go. And then so I ended up on the one catching Cupid. Oh boy, did I make a mistake with this horse eight to five? But you don't know. I mean, his first race was very fast. Whether he runs back to that. I don't know. He could regress. Absolutely could regress. It was a huge effort on, on, on my, my, my final numbers. He, he hate to say it. I think he lays over the field of those that have started. Now this first time starters in here, like you said, they're babies, they're two-year-olds. They can jump up 20, 30 points. And usually typically with two-year-olds that give you these big, big efforts right away, they tend to what they call run themselves out. You mm-hmm. really, get, you know, and he was 17 to one that day. So it wasn't like he was like a universal good thing kind of surprised everybody i would assume to run that big uh you know i ended up on him almost by default at eight to five i mean boy you know he's a must use in in the pick fives uh but i I certainly wouldn't be making a win bet on him maybe my other picks in here because this is a crazy race actually picked through i got three others to look at uh the next one i landed on was the first time starter uh the uh first time sort of boss ship i thought looked a little interesting to me Dam has three winners from three starters. 100% of them were winners as two-year-olds. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, interesting also, I think Eric Cancel took, I think he had a couple, he had a couple of the mounts. You know, I'm not a big believer in that, that they know where to go. You know, it's usually determined by their agent, but mm-hmm. that that Cancel ended up here. I kind of like the work that workout tab. It's sneaky good. Um, Chris Englehart is certainly capable first time out. He's 12 to one. That's number four, Borship. Two more in here that actually two more that have started, but again, they're not going to get your, your heart racing with, with excitement because I think they're both short price. The other one is the obvious one, Hot Rod Rumble, who looks like he's going to be a professional maiden. I mean, I don't know on him because I had nowhere else to end up, you know. Steve Asmussen, he's going to be over bad. His last race really wasn't that good. And then the third pick was this. I don't know if you, you gave, gave this horse a look. This might be your kind of horse. The number 10, Thrill of It, the Terranova horse. Uh, kind of a forward-moving line. I, I, I kind of like that. I like Terranova does good first-time blinkers. He's actually 20%, which is decent, with a certain, you know, decent amount of starters. I think this horse might continue to improve. Uh, that's the number 10, Thrill of It. So the three and the 10th without completely tarnishing my reputation. The number one, Catching Cupid. Number four, Boss Ship. The number eight, Hot Rod Rumble. And the number 10, Thrill of It. And I'm really excited and wondering where you landed here. Oh, it's funny. You named four horses and you didn't pick any of my top three. That's very, very hey, that's interesting. Great. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I'm probably grasping at straws and have no chance. But <laughs> um, just one thing to note, a lot of these horses are entered on Friday. Uh, boss hip or boss ship, however you pronounce it. Uh, that horse drew the one post in his race on Friday. Uh, was listed at twenty to one morning line, twelve to one I mean, here. I think I, you know, so, it's funny you say that because I think I remember that name. I think I saw. Well, that. You might have picked him on Friday too. Who knows? But uh, I don't know if you have any Friday selections. <laughs> so if you get Newsday on Friday, right. you can check. Boss hip, not boss ship. I think that would make sense. Boss no, I don't know. You might be right. I, I have no clue. Um, well, no, it's start. No, you're right because the mom is starship. So the ship oh, part is probably yeah, pronounced ship. Yeah, so it's yeah, probably boss yeah. and street boss. So it's right. boss yeah. ship. Yeah, I guess they could have put a third S or made it two words. But yeah, right. When I originally wrote it in the paper, I had three S's. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so- yeah. So 
So that horse, I don't know if they're going to run him on Friday because, again, he's 12 to 1 here. He's 20 to 1 in that spot. Maybe that's a tougher spot. I don't know. Uh, right. The other ones, though, entered in that race were all AEs way on the outside. So they're probably going to scratch out of uh, Friday's race because right. they won't draw in. Yeah. So if yeah. you're listening to this on Friday afternoon or evening or Saturday morning, you might want to just check if uh, any of these ran yeah, in, the what is it, race six at Aqueduct on Friday. You can check that out. Most likely they scratched inside maybe boss uh, boss ship. Anyway, so to the horses I like, I came very close to singling the three horse, believe it or not. Even though I think Indiana Jones has more wins in the last 10 years than Eduardo Jones. Yeah, uh, Clash, <laughs> Clash AJ. Yeah. Um, 15 to 1 morning line, Benji Hernandez. This is a horse, and, and my friends tease me because mm. they're like, look for a horse who dueled, <laughs> especially dueled <laughs> like a favorite in his last race, yeah. and then faded badly and comes back at a price, and that's who Eric's going to like, and that's who I like this horse, Class well, AJ. Funny, yeah. He yeah. was in a, a three-way duel with a five-to-two shot. The five-to-two mm. shot came in 10th out of 11, so he faded badly, even worse than this horse, and the other speed horse was a four-to-one shot who came in fourth in the race. Mm. So he held on better, but still not yes. in the top three. Right. So he was in kind of an, I know the time might not look that fast, 46 and one for the half, but the mm. track variant was pretty high that day. Meaning yeah, that no, the track actually, was, my pace numbers was an improvement over his first effort. Yeah. Go ahead. He, I mean, listen, he's, he's, he, he ran real hard real early and he had nothing left. He totally right. quit. And that was also right. seven furlongs. If it was six furlongs, it wouldn't look as bad. So yeah, yeah. I actually like the fact that he quit bad because oh, yeah. it makes his odds even better now. What's the difference if yeah, he came in absolutely. six by 12 or nine by 23? Yeah, yeah. Um, you get a, even though people will, might knock Benji Hernandez, he's a capable jockey. And I don't want to knock The Apprentice, but I don't even know who that guy is. I know yeah, he's had some mouth yeah, in New York. Yeah, it, yeah. It can't be a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has to be an upgrading jockey if that matters. Yeah. But I just love the fact that he was in that insane speed going. And that doesn't happen in New York much. So there's, I mean, look around. Out of the horses who started, I mean, the eight Hot Rod Rumble has speed, but right. there is no like huge. Not a lot and of he no, was, no. oh, he was, uh, he was stalking. Was he in that last race, October twenty second? Oh, he was in the race yeah, with he, Class AJ. Yeah, in fact, Clash AJ that beat that horse. Yeah. He beat him two back when he didn't have to get in that crazy speed. Now he had a perfect trip. Class Clash AJ, that the three horse had a perfect trip in his mm-hmm. debut, but it wasn't yeah. debut. We did have a, a, a rookie yeah. jockey who hasn't really won. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a horse I really thought about singling, and I can see him just going out and wiring this field, and, and you're going to get a price. But then I came to the nine horse, and I'm like, oh, do I want to single the three? I like the nine at 10 to 1 caveman. There's a horse that ran against Open Company, Granite at uh, Parks in Philly. So yeah. I don't know how they stack up. Is like a, a maiden special weight Open Company at Parks better than a, a New York bread, state bread allowance? It, uh, it, it might be. It might yeah, be. I don't know. I, I think it's probably a little weaker, but it could be similar. It might be better. Like it really probably depends on the field. I would think. Maybe someone out there knows. Um, I, I don't bet parks at all. It's like one of the tracks that I would not bet. Um, you know, no matter what, just because of the insane takeout race they have and, and other yeah. problems. Yeah. That's the main reason. Uh, but anyway, this horse was three wide that day. Now sometimes parks being outside is is good. Is the place to be right? Yeah. I don't know if that's still true as much as it used to be. I, it, it could be. If it be. is, then disregard what I'm saying, maybe. But what's through it? That's not why I like him. That he was three wide. Um, it was also a sloppy track, and I, it's hard to tell if they like the track or not. But I don't. And yeah. I'm not an expert at like horse flesh watching. I don't know if he right. loved it that much. And I had a a, a friend, a, a late friend, who uh, unfortunately passed away recently. 
But he used to say, and he was a, a veteran horse player, that horses who race in the slop get a lot of fitness out of it. I don't know if that's true or not, but he supposedly talked to trainers. He knew people, and that's what they say. So well, I don't it makes sense. It's a little. It's a deeper surface. It probably. It probably does. It's like you know. It's like lifting weights, which I've done my whole life. I've been a competitive powerlifter, and uh, it's like adding weight to the bar. It's going to make you stronger. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, just think about if you're running More like resistance. in. On, yeah, resistance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're running on on the cement. You can run fast. You run in mud. It's harder, and if, if you do it, it might build up more. I don't know if it's true or not. Well, but it makes, it's, it's it's logical. You know, again, right. you no, know, wouldn't totally poo poo it. Kind of makes sense. Right. And I don't think he handled it great, just looking at him. But right. it's all again. That's not the reason I like him. That's just yeah, a little no, factor that might be a bonus. And, and just the fact that he was a first time starter. And why can't he improve? I'm, I know the trainer. Right. Um, I don't know the trainer. I know the trainer has a little bit of success in Philly. Yeah, I know not, the name. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I definitely know the name. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not big on workouts at all. Um, well, only because I mentioned this on the air. Maybe I shouldn't get in trouble. But I had a part ownership of a horse, and they gave the horse like a bullet workout on the program and the horse wasn't even at that track she was at monmouth and and they gave her a bullet workout at charlestown i'm like <laughs> how is that possible yeah, um, you're, you're right about that i know you gotta you gotta yeah I know. <laughs> so and, and i've i've heard so many stories about crooked clocking and something so i don't even really look that much yeah, but yeah, yeah. if you are someone who looks at or if you know if it is accurate it's probably more accurate than not accurate but i'm sure there's plenty yeah. of yeah, Benigle. He had a really, really fast gait. He had a lot of fast workouts, but he had a really fast gait workout and, and a lot of good workouts going through his last race. Yeah, he so did. Maybe it was the, that race. Yeah. Maybe it was a slop that that you know held him back a little. And he didn't run badly right. at all. And then he had a, a, a five furlong, one minute. Uh, yeah, even. the last work before this race. Yeah, well, I mean, yep. So if you if you can trust it, I mean, it's all we got to go on. We don't know, you know. But wow, and so that first time out too, right? Am I wrong? He was four to one, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because maybe that means the race was weak or maybe that means he was live. I, I don't know. Or a combination. Right, yeah, it's all, I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So, but, but I think that horse second time out should improve. Doesn't have to improve much to win this race. So um, I like the nine. Uh, I'm going to go three, nine. And my third pick, if I pick the third one, I won't go as long is the two. My last mission. There's a horse who uh, with Irad on for Juan Vasquez. That's another guy who, again, I don't want to get you in trouble, but the fact that he's allowed to train horses here is a joke, but that's another story. Well, he's banned. I, I think yeah. he's definitely banned in Maryland. Um, I guess yeah. they let him go in Philly. He was the one, if you're familiar, who had on um, Pennsylvania Derby Day. He had that 99 to 1, 100 something to 1 winner who okay. three weeks later they discovered uh, was hopped well, up on they, drugs and they took what, down. Yeah. Oh, so what did they get him on? What was the, you know, with the, uh, I, I don't it was like some kind of steroid or lidocaine or something i don't okay, even know i don't okay, want to yeah. say the wrong drug oh, but right, right. so yeah, he got disqualified yeah. from the race for, you know if you bet you got screwed but uh and i want right. to say the horse was 128 to one the turf sprint mm -hmm. um yeah, I, I, I remember that way i know i know the, yeah now that i think about it i, I know what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah and i know several people because a second place horse i want to say it was like a one horse it was like four to one or seven to two and i know a lot of people who got screwed um, you know, who had the one horse yeah. uh, who came in second right. and, you know, yeah. unfortunately this horse wins. He had no form. I remember, uh, Ricardo Santana was on the horse and, you know, I, I was looking at the track that day and I was like, after the race, I'm like, I can't even make a case for that. I mean, right. I'd like to make right. a case. I can't make a case for that horse. Yeah. And that was the case. He was drugged up, but anyway, right. um, so right. that's part of the reason why I'm worried about the two horse, to be honest. And his first race, I thought he had a perfect trip, but mm. he was a first time starter. So there's no reason why he shouldn't improve off of that race. He ran respectably on the, I didn't really, I, I didn't look at the turf rate. And, and by the way, that first star, uh, first race, 
really favored closures. It was a pretty hot pace in the race, and he was fairly close to it. So um, not that he was right up on it, but he was fairly close. So he did some running to chase a, a fairly hot pace before quitting. So it's not like he didn't know running. And then, uh, but he, he did have a pretty good trip saving ground behind the speed. And then um, his turf race, I did not watch the replay, but at least he was in the race for a while before quitting. Now he's yeah. third star. He should be improved. You get IRAD. You're almost definitely going to get a very good uh, ground-saving trip. Uh, so I can see this horse running uh, decently. So that would be my third horse. And then the horse that I'm worried about is the horse you picked, the one horse. I, I, he had such a perfect trip in his first start that I think the buyer speed figure is kind of dressed up from that. Probably and, is. But yeah. he was a first-time starter who could improve. But like you mentioned, too, you know, sometimes they put up big things, they regress. So, regress. I, you know, in my vertical bets, if I bet, which I will, I'm not using the one. In my pick five, do I want to lose the pick five? Because, you know, right. I know the one can win. I, yeah. I have to assess the other legs and see. If the one wins, am I still going to get a, a $3,000 pick five for 50 cents? Right. If yes, I'll put him in. If no, then I probably won't put him in. That's kind of how I'll... I'll assess it. Well, if you're spreading in that race to begin with, it's not going to really increase the price of your ticket that much to throw one more in there. Right. Well, I'm probably going three deep. And I was going to go two deep when I saw the uh, three and nine. But when I saw the two, it's 10 to one. I'm like, I got to use him. So now I got to go two, three, nine. And then I'll give give you some more uh, positives on your all all three of the horses you mentioned. Well, take a look at the number two, my last mission. You've got, I've got uh, numbers on the trainer and jockey over the last 16 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three winners from five starters, uh, this guy teaming up with Irad. Okay. So, they, so okay. So that helps. Um, right. I think this is certainly a rider upgrade from Ruben Silvera to, to Irad Ortiz. And, and the, apparently this guy uses Irad when he wants, when he's going to win. Yeah, the problem is you're probably not going to get 10 to 1 because no, the trainer is red hot, people know it, and I rad. So I'm probably going to end up getting 5, 6 to 1, which, or 4 to 1 even, which is why I'm probably not going to end up using much in vertical bets at all. But in the pick 5, I don't know the odds. I'm just guessing he's going to be 4, 5 to 1. But, I, you know, I'm still probably willing to throw him in and not just go with the 3, 9 because still a little bit of a price. I think 10 to 1 is very generous. I didn't expect that, so. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. Now, the number three clash, AJ. Now, this is interesting because if this horse could be could, – the one catching Cupid could do exactly what clash AJ did last time. Number three clash, AJ, comes out, runs a big effort first time out, and takes a step back next time. But he took a step back only on his final numbers. You brought up an important right. point. He took a forward move on his internal number. And that's the sign of an improving young horse showing more early speed. It was once a big, you know, among, you know, players from years, you know, the, the old school players, shall we say. When a horse shows improved early speed, it means his form is improving. Uh, this number three clash, AJ, is, definitely, is a live animal with that, that kind of internal move, like the way you described it, against, you know, uh, other speed horses uh, and now cutting back in distance. So uh, you're on a live one there. I agree. And I'm going to, and you th- even your third run, I was looking at it as you were talking, I think, wow, this makes a lot of sense. Oh, the caveman. We went over yep. that already. Yep. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I think you're on to a few things there. I, I don't I, know. I don't know if that's good or bad because that means people are going to bet these horses probably. <laughs> well, I mean, so I won't get prices, but. You know, you know what it is? The sheet, you get it. No, the number one's going to take an inordinate amount of money when he shouldn't because he he's like 50-50 to regress, maybe even more to maybe 60-40 to regress. You rarely mm. see this, especially at this level, you know, New York Reds give you, you know, early in their career, pair up big efforts. You know, I think I, the one's going to bounce. I, I love, I, I don't have the ability to do this, but I would love to see 
a, a stat. If you look at two-year-olds, where it's a second-time starter whose first start, he has the highest speed figure in the field, like in this case, a 70 in his first, and now second start, what are their like win percentage, ROI, and all that? I'm assuming it's the win percentage might be somewhat decent, but I bet the ROI is really terrible probably just terrible. because probably terrible. if they do win, they're a very short price and they often yeah, regress, so like you doubt. said. So, not a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So that's no, it's, it's interesting. And, uh, you know, then that's again, and you just brought up another important point. That's how, how this stuff has to be looked at, like within the basis of where it falls into the price parameters, you know, with the one, you certainly want to take a look like the one eight to five, mm. you know, 17 to one in his debut. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's the old saying, I didn't go to the wedding, don't, you know, I'm not going to go to the funeral. So, uh, but good yep. stuff, though, Eric, I enjoyed it once again. Was, uh, wow, we went we went longer than we could imagine, right? You no, know, I feel bad. I was looking at the clock and I kept talking. I'm like, oh, I said we'll try and get like an hour and we went an hour and 20 minutes almost, something like that. So I apologize for keeping you so long, but. No, no problem. Um, I enjoyed, believe me, I enjoyed every second of it. I love talking the game. I love talking the game with an intelligent player, which you are. It's in my both of us. I mean, this is how you get better at this game, you know. And uh, thank you. I'll, I'll you to, yeah, go ahead. I'll send a check for that compliment later. By the way, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to keep that one secret. Uh -huh. <laughs> I enjoyed it again, and uh, you know, say hello to Gary for me as well. And anytime you need me again, I'm, uh, I'm here. All right, I, I I really appreciate it, and we have to get you on with Gary's here because you guys, uh, especially our. How do I put this delicately? Our over 50 audience, maybe? Yes, I call, yes, um, well over 50 audience. Well, actually, I didn't I want to know say. I told you my I'm actually 63. Yeah. But I'm still a competitive power lifter, and I can still squat and deadlift close to 600 pounds. All right, so you can kick my ass, so I got, I got to be careful yeah, what I say. But we know? have to get the over, the retired actually, crowd. I I gotta, look, look, and it's, it's drug-free. I want to let people know that. Excellent. <laughs> so so you're not, well, I don't want to mention the trainer name. I'll get in trouble, but um, <laughs> Bob Baffert's not training me, I guess. Using, see, but they use what's called cortic, those are corticosteroids. Those are not anabolic steroids. They're, uh, different, they're a different breed. They'll actually break your muscle tissue down over the long run. Oh, geez. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, things like cortisone derivatives, uh, like, you know, painkillers and anti-inflammatories, they're known as corticosteroids. They come from the cor the cortex of the adrenal gland. I mean, oh, wow. They actually have the reverse effect. They cause muscle tissue to be broken down into sugar, um, mm. whereas anabolic steroids promote the buildup and anabolism of muscle tissue. This is now you're getting into something that I really love more than horse racing. I, I know. We have to have you on for uh, yeah, you uh, a powerlifting seminar. <laughs> All right, next time we, we cover powerlifting, we'll definitely get young because I don't know anything about it. And I'm the antithesis of a powerlifter. But I just I was going to say, you and Gary, you did it a little last time, but uh, especially for our older audience that remembers, like I guess, like the late 70s, 80s, racing yeah. a little before my time, you guys were reminiscing. And I'm sure you guys can go off and talk about things uh, you know, uh, from that era that a lot of people would love to hear. So we might alienate our, our 30s and, old school, and 20s. But it's funny, you know, I know we are kind of old school, Gary and I, but uh, I guess that was probably the, one of the last times I was back in New York. I was at the track, and I guess I was I was already over sixty. I guess I was 61, 62. The only place where a sixty-two-year-old can be called young fella is at a racetrack. <laughs> like there must have been a guy who was ninety who said to me, "Hey there, young fella." And I, was like, <laughs> you know I love saying? going. Out of that one, so. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I love going. I, I hang out a lot at the. Um, there's an OTB like theater in Hop Hog. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And um, it's like the, the race yeah, forum yeah, or whatever they call yeah. it. So, you know, you get your own desk and it's nice. They have a restaurant and bar there. So uh, anyway, I love going there because I'm literally 
I would think that I'm the youngest guy in there on uh, on many a Saturdays. So. Probably are. Yeah, I'm the young guy, and I'm I'm in mid forties already, basically. Right. So early yeah, mid forties. So yep. Yep. I'm young yep. there, but anyway, well, uh, used- I kept you long enough. I really appreciate it. Steve. It was great. Oh, good. Go. Among my friends, we had a running joke. We, we first started going there like in 75. I guess I was like 17. And, and we say, oh, we're the youngest people here. The running joke is we're still the youngest people here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's funny. Everyone's old at the track. But yet when people kind of, you know, die off and all that, there's still old people no, there. Yeah, I don't know where they came from. Thing. Yeah, you get the new generation. You know, it's it's a, it's a niche kind of game. You know, certain people get into it and others just don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so but once again, pleasure. Yep. Good luck. You, my friend, and uh, stay in touch. Yep, same here. And hopefully, uh, if I don't speak to you, I'll uh, be down in Gulfstream in February. I'll reach out if that's good and uh, okay. maybe yeah, see you at the I'll track. Be here for, I'll be here for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks again. And, and thanks for listening, everyone out there. And good luck at the races this week. And we'll speak to you next week. Take care. Bye bye.